I really want us to really understand uh, what God is doing in our lives as individuals, collectively as a church, your homes, your businesses, your jobs, your finances, your health, is I really enjoy New Year's is because God is a God of new beginnings. We are to forget those things which are behind and press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. That's Scripture. But we have to begin to align ourselves up with the recognition of that God is so huge, so wonderful, so perfect, so loving, and so giving that we have to expand our thinking on what it means to really say Happy New Year or even Merry Christmas. And so today, I'm going to begin a short series um, that I wanted to do in the beginning of December, but it just wasn't the will of the Holy Spirit, and he wanted me to do it at the beginning of the year, uh, January 1, uh, 19, or 19, 2023. Goes to show you my age, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. But there's, there's something that God has set apart for new beginnings. One of them is what I do every year, and I'm doing uh, this year. Normally, I just throw it in the box or in the offering plate when we used to do that. And, uh, but it's my first fruit offering. And I, I set my heart <clears throat> towards the things of God, knowing that he's doing new things in me, but I love what he's done in me. Amen. You understand what I'm talking about? I love what he's done in me and through me, and I love the correction that he's done. At times when it was happening, the correction, it didn't feel well, but I, I, just, I just love this time frame. So I'm going to spend the next <clears throat> today and two weeks after talking to you about Christmas, the fulfillment of God's promises, but I want you to receive everything that I say, especially those online, is God's doing something, and we need to really come in agreement. A prophetic word was given to us today, uh, early this morning, and of our agreement, of our love for one another, of our agreement in that Scripture the Bible, the Word of God is, is yea and amen, and we stand in agreement in that as a family. We believe in the healing and the, and the power of God in your life uh, and in mine, and we're, we're in this. We're a church family. But my desire is to teach you God's desires in this new year. But God's desires in this new year come from what he desired to do at the very beginning uh, of, of sin, or basically, if you want to say, in the very beginning of creation, because God knew all things. And so God has a desire, and that desire is always the same. But because we don't really focus on that, what happens... Now, how many of you are like me? I know we're still standing 
But how many of you are, because we're going to pray in a moment, but how many of you are like me or used to be like me, or you know a lot of people like this, where January 1st, they go back to the club to work out. January 2nd, they go back to church. January 3rd, they, they move into tithing where they had uh, forgotten about the principle of the tithe. Uh, January 4th, um, we're going to be nicer to our spouses. You should be that on every day of your life. But the reality is, is on February 1st, what is February 1st? What, what do we call that also? April, okay, what do we call that? It's, it's not April Fool's, but it's the foolish day. That, I don't know if you know that. In history, they used to call February 1st the foolish day. And you know where that came from? That came from people making vows on January 1 and then forgetting by February 1. And so I believe it's not because people don't have the passion to do this. I believe it's because of the deception and the hidden deception of really, truly God's desire. Where We run around <clears throat> trying to think of all these thoughts of what God wants, his, his promise, all the different things. But what is the background of God's promise in order to bring fulfillment? And that's what we're going to study. That's what we're going to grow in. And I promise you, it will change your life because 25 years ago, it changed my life. I was a disciplined guy, but about 25 years ago, something happened in my spirit. What it was, revelation of what I'm going to teach you, transform me. And I'm believing one of my uh, vows is that I'm going to teach you so that you will know how to break the syndrome of January 1 having a vow and February 1 losing heart with your vow because you've been hurt or things have taken place in that month. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the absolute presence of the Holy Spirit that is in this place today. For those that are listening online, watching live, for those that will be listening tomorrow, the next week, in Jesus' name, I proclaim such a blessing over their homes that there would be nothing that would hinder their revelation of the God that they serve the loving, caring, gracious God that we serve that absolutely has given us promises. And these promises are to be fulfilled. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Blessings upon every home. Thank you, Lord, for my church family. I'm a better person because of these people standing in front of me. And I thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you as you're seated. <clears throat> Again, Christmas, the fulfillment of God's promise, we're moving into the new year. 
And it's really interesting. Last night I was uh, getting ready to go to bed and just the Holy Spirit just began to overwhelm me with prophetic uh, statements to me that um, in the near future I will be relaying some of this to you uh, also so that we can walk in this together. But as he was doing that, I really began to understand the very reason why I can make vows and have new seasons is because God is a God of promise. And we have to understand the promise, but we also need to understand how to live in that promise and not by February 1st give up. This message, I want to talk to you about God's desire with the Christmas story to fulfill his promise. God's action, faith is with action. God is a faith God. God's action, sending his son, is a faith action of fulfilling his promises to us. And the promises that he gave you yesterday or this morning or what you're going to hear today, it is a continuum. It is something that constantly happens in the spirit realm. So as we dive into this, listen to the words that I bring to you with this understanding. The Christmas story is a reminder that God is a promise-keeping and a promise-giving God, and he never changes. You might be here today waiting on a promise that God gave you. And at times you've gotten frustrated over the situation. And at times the enemy would bring circumstance in your life and then you began to think, God, is this what you want? Maybe I missed it. Can I tell you that the greatest orator in the world, in the universe, is the Holy Spirit. And when he has stated things to you. He doesn't state things to you so that you could be confused when you're listening to him. When you're absolutely understanding God's desire and you're listening to Holy Spirit, confusion is not part of your life then because he is the perfect orator. And when he explains things to you, It's explained perfectly so that you could understand it. All right, so let's continue with this. So be encouraged today. God promised to send a Savior, to send a Redeemer, the Christmas story, to save mankind. The birth of Christ is the fulfillment of that promise. And as we're going to get into this, we will find out that action The birth of Christ is basically God's desire, the fulfillment of the promises you're waiting for today. How many believe that Jesus was born on this earth? Amen. Okay. As you believe that, my goal in in three weeks is that you will not one more time have doubt that what God had said to you will take place. That if it seems like your life has gone such a 
different direction than, than what you thought. Other people have taken action out of their deception, out of their pain, out of their not wanting or waiting for the things of the Lord, and then they went another way, and they hurt you in the process. <clears throat> that doesn't change God's desire for you because he promised from the beginning and he sent his son. He fulfilled that. And as he already fulfilled that part, it is a statement of God's desire that your what he's told you, he will fulfill. That's the desire of giving us the word of God. The word of God is God's will. And you say, Pastor, why are you spending so much time in the introduction? It's because I know because I'm human too. I know how when you go through stuff and then someone says to you, no, even though you went through that stuff, it's still going to happen. You have already have doubt and your mind begins to shut out the truth, and basically the truth here, church, family, is that God fulfilled the promise by the Christmas story. And because the Christmas story is true, it is true, again, I'm saying it the four different ways now before I get going. Because the Christmas story is true, What God told you and promised you is true also. So there's great hope today because God doesn't change. And even though you're waiting on the promise, be encouraged. God promised to send a Savior, a Redeemer, to save mankind. And because of that, his plans for you will prevail they will take place. Can I get a shout out, amen? Amen. Now, there are some that may be listening online and maybe you just started listening to us, watching us, and you don't know my personality and how I teach, but confusion is not of God. And confusion in what your future shall be, needs to go back to what I just said. Confusion is of the enemy. It's not of God. And we always have to go back to the Christmas story to make the realization uh, focus that God truly will do what he said to you. Everyone got that now? Okay. So now I'm going to give you scriptural proof of what I said, because you know me, I don't teach man's truths, I teach God's truths. So let this give you huge hope today, that right now, even in your spirit, you're beginning to rise up, and you're beginning to recognize the very thing, the essence of what your future will be. Your future is great because it's God's desire. 
God's desires will manifest. So let this be a very Merry Christmas and a very happy, or the happiest New Year, because no longer the enemy will deceive you, and in February 1st, you'll give up. I want to pray again now, because I I really sense in this year, prayer is going to be huge at Valley Community Church. And in this prayer area, we're going to be announcing to you regarding fasting, and I will write a little something to you about fasting, very short, uh, because prayer is important. But I want to pray and ask something that we need to ask every day of our lives. Father, thank you for the desire of your promise of a Savior that took place. That's why we have celebrated Christmas. But in this new year, this new beginning, that much of the old is absolutely wonderful. But Father, there's newness, new revelation, new new, uh, giftedness. As we grow, there's more that you will give us. But we always need the directive of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we invite you here today. Holy Spirit, I know this is what you do, but I'm asking you in front of everybody that is watching or listening, dig through that deception of the non-revelation of the truth of the Christmas story. Give us revelation we've, we've been asking for and we've been dreaming for, that you are the God that fulfills dreams because you're the God that gives them. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Well, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read this passage. We read it uh, on Christmas Day, if you were here. Uh, But I believe we know the elements of the story, so I'm not going to spend time with the elements of the story and the why, the who, the where, the, you know, whatever it brings to us. But I want to remind us what we celebrate in Christmas season or celebrated. I want to remind us that God's desire took place because he fulfilled a promise. Luke 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, I want you to understand, blessed are you is not because she's any better than anybody else. Blessed are you because I'm giving you a promise that I will fulfill in your life. So I could actually read to every one of you here and watching online is rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Let's go on. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found 
favor with God. God's desire is to find favor with you. And how he does that, listen closely, how he does that is he promises you things. Okay, keep that in your mind. And behold, you will conceive your, in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. There will be no end. The desire of God is to give you promises to bless you and for it to become fulfilled. But what needs to take place, we need to understand the, the element, the, the focus of the story is a loving, caring, giving, promising God is promising you things today. Happy New Year. Promising you things today. And we need to understand how to walk in it. Because if we don't understand how to walk in it, I've said now six times is we're not going to attain the fulfillment of the promise even though God's desire is that it's already fulfilled this day. So in reading the story of Christmas, we're reading the fulfillment of a long series of promised events. How many of you realize there are many uh, prophetic words, promises that were given in the Old Testament of the birth of Jesus in the Old Testament. So bottom line, the story of Christmas is the fulfillment of all those promises, which in turn in our lives in the new covenant tells us because it's fulfilled, what God has given to me will be fulfilled. But I have to understand something. Let's dive into it. So a fulfilled promise is not the end. We need to understand in the life of January 1 through January 31 till February 1st comes, where a lot of people go the other direction because of deception and struggling and impatience and all that, a fulfilled promise is not the end. There's more to the Christmas story of Jesus being born as a child. There's more to the story that God's desire is to give you promises and to fulfill that. So it's not the end. A fulfilled promise reminds us that God is present in your circumstances. Because God sent Jesus, Jesus was born you now can understand that God's presence is with you right now in your life with that passion and desire for it to be fulfilled and more to come. A fulfilled promise lets us know God is aware you and I needed a redeemer and we could not be good enough. So also a fulfilled promise is stating this, the Christmas story, is that in your life and in mine, <clears throat> you're going to mess up. <laughs> I am too. We're going to mess up. <clears throat> We're not perfect. But we serve a perfect one. And we can set up our lives to get in the Word of God to really walk in 
Christ righteousness, which is perfectness. But here's the story. The Christmas story tells us that the fulfillment of the promise and your future, what God has promised you, is absolutely overwhelmingly happening right now in the spirit realm. But we have to understand, the enemy will say, God's not going to do that for you, basically saying, you're not good enough. You're not spiritual enough. Sometimes, you know, I get people say, well, they're not in the word like they should be, and that's why that's happening to them. Who is the judge? Now, Scripture tells us to dive in the Word of God, doesn't it? Tells us to be disciple all through the Bible, to know the Word of God. But we have to get to a place of kicking out re, uh, religiosity and allowing the fulfillment of God's promise, spiritual truth, God's will to manifest. And so we have to understand that we're never good enough for the fulfillment of the promise. But because of God, his desire, and his action, then it will take place. And that's what we trust in when we get frustrated. A fulfilled promise is God's advance to bring the next step, his plans for you. So, so the reality is, you know, well, you got to stay humble. You know, you can't be prideful. Hey, if God blesses you with something, understand there's more. And we're going to learn in this series. Um, I'm going to show you something of future attractions in this series. But that God fulfills his promise, Christmas story, and in your life today, why? So you can be a blessing and show God's desire to others. So if we get to a place where we think, you know, God's blessing me and I'm this spiritual high dude, you know, we're, we're cruising for a fall. But bottom line, the reason why I'm blessed is so I can be a blessing to you. Amen. The reason why I'm blessed, the reason why sometimes I face tribulation in this life is because the enemy knows that I'm going to be that, that conduit of God. I'm going to bring blessing to other people with what he's blessed me with. It's from your spiritual gifts. It's from your finances. It's from everything that you own. That's what it's for. It's not about me. So don't be discouraged and don't lose heart. You're going to hear me say this in the next few weeks and maybe longer. Don't be discouraged and don't lose heart. Because the Holy Spirit, through prophetic words of the past of of last year, was a year of breakthrough, and this is the decade of breakthrough, and that I just absolutely believe in the prophetic word God's advancing on us, and it's moving forward. All right. A fulfilled promise is an event that God marks. A fulfilled promise is an event that God marks telling you there is more God has planned for you. There's more, church. 
Wherever you're at, there's more. When God the Father sent Jesus Christ as Son, you and I needed to take action to receive Christ as our personal Savior. And so we need to do the same thing regarding his promises of today. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God. Watch this. To the glory of God through me, through us. And we have to live our lives in that reality. And, and the frustration that we have is because it's the old song, me, me, me. We're, we're trying to prepare ourselves for something, and we're singing the song, me, me, me. And it's not me, me, me. It's God, you've blessed me so that I can bless others. During the Christmas season and new, the New Year season of your life, many people focus on events And the event is fulfilled. And then the question should be, is this, that we should always ask when events take place in our life and they are fulfilled, what can I take out of what has been fulfilled and apply it in my life the next day or the next week? What are you going to do with that blessing? What are you going to do with that fulfilled promise? What are you going to do with your salvation? Well, what do you mean, pastor, my salvation? What are, you, are you sharing your salvation? What are you going to do with the blessing of finances? What are you going to do when, when you get the tax return? What are you going to do when you get gifts of finances for Christmas? What are you going to do with that? Is it going to be a blessing used as a blessing, or is it going to stalemate with me? Is it just going to stop with me to fulfill my little whims and desires or will it bring me into a place of recognizing again I serve a loving and caring and wonderful God that his desire is to overwhelm me with his promises so that I can walk in a blessings. Why? So that I can be a blessing to those that are next to me. Amen. The kind word, the skill sets, the giftings that you have, and how you work with others. Some have the tendency to work towards an event, and after the event, nothing changes. I have learned decades ago that when an event takes place in my life, in my home, in the church that I am in, I spend time asking the Lord, what are you doing with this? What do you want me to experience out of this? What do you want me to learn from this? All right? So I'm changing uh, the mentality of these vows that we give. All right, the vows, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to. No, no. We have to, in our vows that we're being led of the Holy Spirit, our vows should be wrapped around what is the meaning of Christmas that God's desire 
is to absolutely overwhelm me with these promises. It's a done deal. It's not something that I have to work for. It's something that I have to do, and I'm going to show you what you have to do to walk in this. So many times people will do the same thing year after year after year. They stay up till 12 midnight. Yay, couple kisses, and then a couple hugs, and then they get ready to go to bed, and the event happened, and nothing changes. What effect does a fulfilled event have in your life? What can you take out of the Christmas story today and apply it for tomorrow? My statement is this, God is alive and at work, and he will inject himself in your situation. God's not rude, but God's God. He's going to inject, and he is injecting himself into your situation, and sometimes because we don't understand God's desire, we don't recognize that God is right there. We're praying, God, Come, do this, change this. He says, I'm, I'm here. We're doing this. Look at the Christmas story. It's been fulfilled. I will do what I said for you. And I know some of you are looking at me saying, yeah, pastor, I heard sermons like this. I've heard stuff like this. And that's that positive thinking. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about truth. What did God say? What did God say 20 years ago in that dream? What did God say to you? Are you walking in submission to that and understanding that and not looking for another event to think that God's fulfilled it? Because God's desire in the Word of God and what He did of all the promises of the Old Testament, that's why there are many Jews They don't believe that he was the Messiah because they had promise after promise after promise after promise after prophecy. And then when it comes, really? I'd rather believe man, the Pharisee, than the truth that Jesus Christ had come. And the reason why is because God is a God who fulfills his promises. God will make a promise to you about some issue in your life that he will fulfill. That's what the Christmas story tells you. There are more promises coming, folks. Amen. There are more promises coming. I remember telling Jill, my daughter, when she was around 12, honey, don't compromise. God will fulfill your dreams. And you know, my daughter, she's not perfect, but she didn't compromise. And God has and is fulfilling her dreams because that's what the story of Christmas is all about. I remember telling Ryan, I told you this story a long time ago, when he asked to have lunch, and, you know, I I was an athlete, he was an athlete, and he told me, he says, Dad, you know, I says, I want to slow down on playing all these sports and I want to play the guitar. 
Well, he was hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. He was. Years later, you see the song, first song that was written. That is leading worship. That is teaching at our Bible college. Giving him a wife that is just absolutely fabulous. Leading worship and doing God fulfilled the dream. But back then, let me tell you, you know, I'm going to tell on him. Um, his dad was a 60s and 70s music buff, all right? So when he said, I want to play the guitar, a couple months later, why do you want to play the guitar? He says, I want to have a rock band. Okay, now he just rocks for Jesus, amen? So, so the reality is, is we see how God will work. God is a promise-giving and a promise-fulfilling God. And it's not just from way back when, one day when some spiritual dude or dudess tells me a prophecy, and then now I'm waiting on that, waiting on that, waiting on that. No, God is promising, 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 and we need to understand how to walk in it. So I told Ryan, you know, hey, all right, if you're going to focus on this, We'll help you. We'll give you lessons, all the different things. But don't compromise. Yeah, he was out there with his buddies playing a rock band, jamming and all the different things. But God had his promise in him that he had lunch with me as a young man. I believe he was 13 or 14 as a young man and said, Dad, I want to play the guitar. That was the part of the promise that I will fulfill this for you and I will cause you to meet uh, this beautiful young lady who you will sing and make worship together for the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And so we, we, we get to this place and I want to say that same thing is for you too. And the struggle I have you know, in my own life for years was, God, are you really going to do this? And people come to me sometimes, well, pastor, you know, this is happening, this is happening. What are you going to do? What are you going to, I'm going to still do what God said for me to do. And I'm going to know that God's going to fulfill the promise that he gave me and the promises he's given me. Because why? He's a promise giving and a promise fulfilling God. He speaks promises to you today. Now, I don't know what he spoke to you, and I don't know what he put in your heart. But I can tell you that Scripture is full of promises too. The promise of his son, the promise to Israel would take into the promised land. He would deliver them. He would provide for them, and God did it. History tells us he did. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Every one of you have a promise given to you and its purpose is to reveal. Reveal what? He is alive, God, he is alive, and he is real, and he has invested plan to you and for you. He has an invested 
plan for you. He has invested. What did he invest? His only son. He invested everything. You've got to really hear this because I, I know that's a good play on words, but you really got to hear the truth of this is that God invested with his son, only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish and have everlasting life and have the ability to live a promise-fulfilling life. That's what the Christmas story is about. So follow me. And all these, he works them out through us. So I'm going to give you the next three weeks. Today, I'll give you one. There are three three things all of us must do to engage in the promise and see that it will come to pass, that we stay in the middle of the process of the promise. Here's your first. Accept the promise. See, many think God generally makes promises, and wherever they may fall, it happens. We get in the Word of God, and that's why I hope it changes you in how you read the Word or how you journal. If you haven't done that, you need to do that. Men, you need to get on the Zoom uh, uh, journaling with, with the men, with Pastor Dan leading that. The guys are growing in leaps and bounds in their walk with God. But we, we need to understand God generally makes promises, but we think that we read the Scripture and that, well, maybe that'll happen for me and maybe not. All promises are yea and amen. You got to look at that. You got to think about it. Is that in Scripture, we haven't accepted that God's promises are for us. We haven't. We're hoping that he'd even give us that promise. Maybe that promise is for me, and I'm just telling you that the Word of God is for you. God is a promise-giving and a promise-fulfilling God. So you must accept you are so important to God and his plans He promised you things, and they will come to pass. You are important to God and his kingdom. Well, all I do... See, we get to this place where even though Jesus Christ gave us his righteousness, we walk around as unworthy. Well, I don't know if God, you know, I'll I'll be too prideful if I believe that God's going to do all that for me. Really? Then maybe God made a mistake by promising it to you. Amen. All right, let's go on. So you see where I've been in my life for years in really trying to unwrap this, this gift of God. Do you need direction? Do you need healing? Do you need something personal in your walk? Are there things that you're struggling with? Are there things that you're overwhelmingly being blessed with? Did you know that your greatest difficulty in life is when you're blessed? The second thing, we're going to give you the other two and so that you can write them down and 
then we'll go over that in the next couple of weeks. Second thing you must do is must believe the promise. So you accept the promise, but you also need to believe the promise. And then third, you must wait for the promise. Oh, pastor, I've been doing that all my life, waiting. So let's go back and look at accepting the promise. The angel appeared to Mary, and he promised her what would take place in her body would be of God. She was going to conceive a child, and he would be of God. Now, let me just tell you, Mary didn't understand it at first. She hadn't been with a man. The angel gave a brief explanation, but it was beyond mental comprehension. Ladies, you'd freak out too. If you were 75 years old and I said to you, the Lord just told me you're going to have a baby. You'd slap me. But here is this young girl that hadn't been with a man and the angel says that and it's beyond the mental comprehension. And this is what happens, church, is there are promises that God gives you and me And when you look at it in the real world, there ain't no way it's going to happen. But God doesn't work in the real world. God works in his world, his kingdom. And in his kingdom, all things are possible. So Mary makes this statement. Notice this, even though she didn't understand in Luke 138, then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, let me tell you what she just did there. And this is what I'm trying to ask you to really begin to look at your life and your life story right now. And really begin to understand you must accept the promises. This is what she did. Accepting is appropriating God's promise for me or for you. When you accept it as truth and it is done, it's a done deal, then you begin to walk in this new realm, this new season, this new uh, appropriation of God's will in your life. And then you're not going to begin to live this life where you get frustrated and why God? And you're falling on your face I want to tell you that there, years ago, the Holy Spirit said, you're wasting precious time. Let me tell you the background of it. Because I was taught at a young age and watched at a young age in church is that everybody would spend hours in prayer in a little room, tears going down their cheeks. But it was an event. And nothing changed after it because it was what they did instead of remembering what God did and who God is. And so when I was, you know, getting in there and, oh, God, and, and let me just tell you, 
There is no problem when there's that relationship you have with God to spend time in intercession like that. But the reality is, is when the intercession itself becomes the power, we need to understand the power comes from, here it is, God is a promise-giving God, and God is a promise-fulfilling God. And when your trust is stayed on him. All right, stick with me. I know you didn't get to bed till 1 o'clock this morning. The reason why people don't accept the promise is literally the promise is yours, but don't let the focus be about yourself. Now, I can't figure out how God will do it. Sometimes we think that. You ever been there? God, I know what your word says. I know what you promised me. I know that there was someone that gave me a word of knowledge and it was right there, right on what what you said in your word to me. But I I just can't figure out how you're going to be able to do this. So I can accept the fact God may be doing something so great, my mind can't comprehend it. Amen. So here's the point. When doubt wants to sink into you, kick it out and say, this is bigger than me, Holy Spirit, help me understand this. But you stay accepting what God said. That's what Mary did. That's what, whatever you promise, that's what I accept. And I will live the rest of my life believing and accepting what you have said to me. Now, regarding the promise to you, understand this. Some people will not understand it. Some, you can't even tell them the promise. What God told you, there will be people that are close to you, you can't even tell them what God said to you because they won't understand it. How many of you, (laughs) don't raise your hands, how many of you have ever gone and told someone, you know, God just said to me, and the person said, really? You know, they became Debbie Downer. You know, and, and just like, really? Oh, you're weird. You're being really weird in that religious thing that you have. There are a lot of people you can't tell. There, there are promises God has given to me for this place. It has not come to pass yet. And I don't care who they are, what they are, they can't tell me anything different. I accept what God told me. There have been prophetic words about our nation, prophetic words about our politics, prophetic words about people's lives, prophetic words about people having children that I have heard, and you look at life and you think, what in the world is going on? Oh, Satan is taking over. Now, Satan's not taking over. He's a wimp. You and I have the authority over him. The deal has been won. So all these prophecies, all these different things that, you know, come in would align with righteousness of God. 
Some of them didn't take place yet, but they will. They will. People are coming to me, and they're saying, Pastor, what, what do you think? They call me pastor at the club and other places. What do you think of, uh, of this? I said, hey, first of all, I know God's in control. Second of all, there's prophetic words, people that I trust. I trust in that. I don't care what is I've experienced. I trust that. I accept it as a done deal already. You know why? Because the father promised his son, and it happened regarding the Christmas story. And he is a promise-giving God, and he is a promise-fulfilling God. Hopefully you'll never forget that statement that I just said. So Mary didn't take an advertisement out in the Galilee Gazette proclaiming, guess what happened to me? An angel appeared to me, and I'm going to have a baby. But Mary accepted the promise. And she made this statement, be it unto me according to your word. Let me close by reading some more of the story, and then next week we'll continue. But I want to conclude with a statement, and I want to pray for you again. Mary's acceptance was exemplified in the Song of Mary. See, when you accept the promise of God in your life, not only from salvation, but all the promises that he's given you, when you accept that, you know what it does? It puts a song in your heart. It draws you to worship. I've always said this to pastoral leaders and conventions when I was teaching pastors. And I, I haven't ever said this to the church per se. And I'm going to just basically say this thing to you. Is that when people struggle with worship, they are struggling with the acceptance of the promise God gave them. It will literally push you away. The non-acceptance, the believing that it's too big, believing you're, you're not good enough, believing that you know, you're not worthy enough, all these different things, that comes by not accepting the simplicity of the promises and the dreams that God's given you. Before I read the scripture here, can I say to you as your pastor, a person who really loves you, we got to change that. We have to change that. Because where God's taking us in worship at Valley, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. Amen. Amen. It's hilarious. You know, uh, um, years ago, God gave me a prophetic word, but I, I, I gave the prophetic word. And, you know, at times when you give a prophetic word, uh, the timing is there that you give it, but the timing of it manifesting itself and even sometimes will work with other people. As I gave a, a prophetic word near the beginning of coming back here 15 years ago, 
and that, that God was going to uh, bring a new song to the church. And in that new song, there would be uh, CDs, you know, the old terminology. What, what's the new terminology? What? Okay, it's not loud enough. Anyways, you know what that is. But, but the, the reality is, is that I would do that, and then all of a sudden, uh, some of the main characters that I believe would, would be of that, encouragement and all that with the people, they uh, heard God and then went and pastored a church, which is, that's part of our gifting and skill set at Valley. And so they left, and I'm thinking, oh, well, they were going to be whatever. Other people came in, and we did this, this music, and they wrote the music. And it wasn't like I'm standing with a bullhorn Write music, you know, put this together. No, it's just I accepted what God said, and I gave it out, and it manifested. That's what happens for you, too, but you got to accept it. So let's read the Scripture here. Let's just learn just a little bit more. And Mary said, verse 46, Luke 1, My soul, this is a song, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. What a prideful woman. No, it's really. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. There it is. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Worship. One time when Jesus was speaking, uh, watch what he says in Luke 11, verse 27, 28. This is so cool. And it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, Jesus, and the breast which nursed you. But Jesus said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God that I just preached. You want to walk in this amazing, blessed life? Accept the promise. Accept the promise because of what the Father did who the Father is. And then from there, you accept it no matter what. So hear God's promise and accept it. Keep it hidden in your heart. And God will cause it to manifest. Can we stand, please? I'm going to pray for you because I know there's 
a lot of hurt in this life. Tribulation. Doesn't Scripture tell this? In this world, you will have tribulation. We don't glorify tribulation. But did you know that um, when you study tri- the word tribulation, when you study it, you'll literally see it's, it's a connotation of a, of a spirit attack. And the spirit attack isn't that he's beating you up. The spirit attack is getting you to a place where you don't accept the promise. You've given up. You don't have hope. You've done everything wrong. God, why are you doing this? How come, God, I've been praying. I've been waiting. I'm trying to be patient, God. But you accept it, and the acceptance comes because the Christmas story. It's a done deal. This is how I live my life, the best of my ability. And I'm still growing in it. I know what God has said to me personally. And because of of what I've been appointed to do, I know what God said for this church. There are things I've shared with leadership, things I haven't. Not because they won't accept it, but it's because it wasn't the timing yet. God is doing something very particular in you. And you know what the enemy is doing? Run! Run from that job. Run from that wife. Run from that husband. Do this. Do that. Quit work. Do this. I'm tired of this. I hate my boss. No, you don't. Your whole life is based upon the Christmas story. Accept God will do it in spite of that boss. Accept God will do it in spite of politics. He's in control. Let me pray. Father, I proclaim the blessing of the acceptance over every home that is represented here. In Jesus' name, I come against the lies of the pit of hell and I proclaim the healing over the bodies that the doctors rightly has proclaimed is happening in the body. Doctors don't lie. Doctors practice truth. But God is the truth. And by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. Father, I thank you that in that revelation of what you have said to us regarding our children and our children's children will come to pass. Your protection, your guidance, your divine health and prosperity is there over our children. It doesn't matter, God, whether it's been a decade, a year, a month, whatever it is, the prodigal's coming home. We don't give up on that. Why? Because we accept you are the promise-giving God who fulfills the promise that you gave. And I give you praise for that, Lord, as we one, one, 
2023 a new year but now there's a new revelation of an acceptance of our true salvation that what you have promised us will manifest and we pray this we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus who was born on this earth and lived those years with no sin and became the perfect sacrifice so that you can see all your children walk in the blessings of your promises. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord an applause. Amen. Hallelujah.